she make it woolly? Young girls that do get woolly because of all the stress. Yeah, when they get woolly, try a little tenderness. Yeah, stop it. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have The Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? No. Iowa. My dad wanted me to be a baseball player. You're better than anyone I ever had. Shoot up. Up your butt, Joe Boo. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. With me today, my... Uh, Magnum dressed buddy, Sean Daly. Yes. What's with the shirt? I just wanted to impress you. I wanted to stand out in a crowd because when I'm next to you, I just like, you know, I become like a a shrinking violet. You weren't trying to impress me. You were trying to impress our guest today, sports uh, columnist Tom Jones. I love this guy. Thank you. I love you too, but not in that that. shirt. (laughs) If there's one star at this newspaper, it's this stud next to me right here. It's unbelievable. Another one when I'm with this guy, it's like I don't even exist. Who are you? Who's he? I'm the player to be named later. I'm not, I am the man. You really are the man. And it's not a myth. It's not. I am. How, the man. how are you doing with your star power? Star power? Uh, not as much money and as women as much <laughs> women as you would think. But yeah. it's still yeah. okay. Well, now that you're on stuck in the '80s, uh, it's a whole the women new world now. A whole new world to you'll conquer. Have, you'll have stalkers galore. <laughs> hey, we're t- we're here today because we're going to talk about the favorite baseball movies of the '80s. The boys of Summer, Steve. Yeah, because uh, opening day is here and. Uh, here in Florida, there's nothing else that we care about this time of year because uh, hockey's pretty much done. Hockey was done about three months ago here. If I have to watch one more basketball game, I'm going to heave. I have been known on occasion to howl at the moon. Well, you know, uh, this is a perfect show to have Tom on because Tom does the um, 2C. Right? Two the cents. Two, the yeah, two the Tom cents. cents. Tom Jones' two cents. Tom Jones' two cents. Do we have to do some sort of trademark sound? <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, and it's a it's really like popular column. Yeah, it's the first thing I read in the paper in Thank the morning. You. Thank you. I read it on the can. Somebody <laughs> once told me that every morning they like to read me on the crapper. And I really thought that was the greatest compliment ever. Oh, it is. You know? I, I only read good stuff on I, I, I know. Yeah. Exactly. You want something you can kind of get into. So I really enjoy uh, uh, Tom when I'm moving my bowels. <laughs> uh, but Tom does this great thing where he has a lot of different stuff, but he, he does a lot of lists, you know, and there's right. a incred- uh, incredible amount of research. Have you done baseball movies before? I think you have. Yeah, I've done sports movies before. Sports movies. And I think a hot, I'm actually, I'm biased because I think a hockey movie, Slapshot, is the greatest sports I'm movie with you. ever really? made. Yeah, I, I think have that it. Is- and written by a woman, by the way, and you wouldn't think of the humor that came out of that movie be written from a female point of view. But no, I think that's the best of all time. But I got a couple of the movies we'll talk about today are in my top ten of all time. Handsome Brothers and Slapshot, Handsome great. Brothers. And, and Newman was great. Newman, uh, Newman was, was. Oh, and it was uh, uh who directed that? Uh, it's the three name guy, Roy something. 
Ah, uh, screw. Oh, wait. George. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. George. George, George Roy Hill? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. George Roy Hill. Anyway, yeah. a great 70s flick. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Steve's rolling his eyes. Yeah. You know, uh, ESPN.com actually had their list of uh, best sports movies of all time. Which one do you think they picked? I, uh, I will guess they went with Hoosiers. They went with Bull Durham. Bull Durham. As they should, because that is the best baseball movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, so each of us is going to take a baseball movie today to defend as our favorite, and the first one is Bull Durham, 1988, and that is your favorite. It Why is, is, it is my favorite for a couple reasons. One, first off, everybody can play in that, in that movie, and I think that's a key to any... Decent. Now, Robbins wind up and, and throw. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a little. That was not the greatest. But Costner, Costner could swing a bat from both sides of the plate. So you had that going for you. It, had, it really was the Ron Shelton, who directed it, played minor league ball. And these are, a lot of, it, a lot of the movie was cliches. We got to play him one day at a time. Got to play. It's pretty boring. Of course know? it's boring. That's the point. Write it down. One Okay. Okay, All right. I'm just happy to be here. Hope I can help the ball club. I know. Write it down. But it was their cliches because they're true. It was minor league baseball. It was driving around in buses. It was the the groupies and the great groupie, the greatest groupie of all time, played by Susan Sarandon. Yeah, and the uh, the script. I mean, Ron Shelton, who's a hero of mine, he kind of he's kind of fallen off a bit. Yeah. Well, I thought he fell off not long after because I wasn't a big fan. Maybe of he should have got. White he does Man a lot. He jump. did White Man Can't Jump, which uh, I didn't love. Yeah, I wasn't that a much. big fan of that. No. Uh, I kind of like Cobb. He yeah. did Cobb. Uh, but his script for Bull Durham, with these epic speeches, one by Annie and one by uh, Crash Davis, played by, right. of course, Kevin Costner, who's this, you know. And that's one of my favorite lines to have movies when Susan Sarandon, they're in a batting cage and Susan Sarandon goes, oh, Crash, you do make speeches. Yeah. And, no, and it's, and I, I just, I just, everything, it, it sort of encompasses all of, all of minor league baseball. You got the, you got the kid who's leading the worship every day. You got the, the, the. Young girl who's wants to be like Annie Savoy someday. Uh, you got the uh, pitching coach played by Robert Wall, who's the saying the typical things like, "Okay, just stop pitching, man. Get close, man. You got it. You got it. Man. One more, baby. One more. You got him. Come on, man." Just everything that minor league baseball is about, everything baseball is about, I think is encompassed in that movie. My, if I have to say, my favorite yeah. part of this movie is a uh, Robert Wall when he comes up to the mound. This is what three quarters of the way through the movie, <laughs> oh, and he has to settle down his players. And so he gives what I would later learn is a completely ad-libbed speech wow. in front of the camera. And here's how it goes. Excuse me, what the hell's going on out here? Well, Nook's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove. And nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Is that about right? That's right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. I think we'll, uh... Candlesticks always make a nice gift, and uh, maybe you can find out where she's registered, maybe a place setting, or maybe a silverware pattern. Okay, let's get two. Let's go. I, I love that, too. The candlesticks, right? Yeah. Completely. Perfect. And, and Perfect. you know what? And I, no, I've never played minor league ball, but I've been, I've been on a pitching mound in high school ball. And really, that, those are the things you talk about. You really, you really don't talk about the game. Like, okay, let's get a double player. Let's, it's, it's like, hey, man, did you see that girl? Look at that girl over there, that cheerleader that came to our game. It's things like that. You're talking about things that – and that's what To settle uh, someone down. To settle someone now down. Now I know Tom's full of shit because <laughs> cheerleaders don't go to high school baseball well, I know. That's what if one showed up, we were shocked. and said, hey, take a look at <laughs> the, uh, I was a terrible baseball player as a kid. Awful, awful. I once walked. I once walked. No, I, was a, I, I pitched. I once walked eight straight guys, and my dad was the coach. 
And so there's this bizarre dynamic, like he doesn't want to pull his son and then, you know, and, and crush his spirit. It was terrible. And here, going back to Bull Durham, since we, you know, your career is obviously not <laughs> worth talking about. Um, the thing I loved about Bull Durham, too, is, is there was it was as much as it was a comedy and as much as it was is really a um, you know over the top comedy at times it it also had it also had a, a real nice some real nice moments particularly at the end of the movie between Costner and Susan Sarandon oh the chemistry and the chemistry was yeah the chemistry was really it was great and and it became actually a sweet movie at the end when you realize he's going to settle down she's going to settle down and they're going to end up that being together that scene when they're on their porch swing yeah, together it's just, talking right. right yeah it's just a tremendous scene no they're really they're great together and of course Susan Sarandon but the ironic thing is this great chemistry between romantic chemistry between uh Crash Davis and Ann, and Annie but the real couple that came out of that was Tim Robbins right. and Susan Sarandon. They're married in real life one to this day. And also, one of my favorite lines, speaking of irony, one of my favorite lines in that movie is when Susan Sarandon asks Kevin Costner, you know, what is it you believe in? And he goes through this big, long spiel. It's like, you know, I believe this and I believe that. Well, I believe in the soul. The c***, the p***, the small of a woman's back. The hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, that the novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve. And I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. And I love that that scene where he says, "I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone." And then he comes, he comes out a couple of years later, makes JFK. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he didn't uh, believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I, I have some problems with this movie. All right, bring problem it. number one: Why is everybody fighting over Susan Sarandon? She is totally beer goggles in this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you talking about? She's she looks like some skanky bar chick. I, she doesn't look hot. You're the at all. king of the skanky bar chicks. First not. off, first off, I disagree that she doesn't look like it's I think she looks great in a movie. And second off, you gotta put it it's Durham, North Carolina. Your choices aren't great. First of all, you're an idiot because she's hot. <laughs> second of all, you're an idiot because we work with her brother. <laughs> That's right. Her That's brother right. We do. Her her brother is uh, is an employee here at the St. Petersburg Times. And three, you're still an idiot, just for <laughs> obvious reasons. Now, I liked Millie better than I liked oh, Millie's Andy. So great. Millie's awesome. I'd go I like when uh, yeah they come in and nukes bang and Millie yeah. right there. And it's That's very casual. Scene. It's That's nice. a great scene. Right. Uh, my my next problem with it is the bar scene where Andy asks Crash to dance. He says no. Nuke asks her. Now Crash wants to dance, and now Nuke wants to fight. Right. It's it's like he was written by a bunch of uh, high schoolers there, and then in like she five ends minutes. up and then she ends, ends up with dancing Max with Packing. Max Packing. Who yeah. I wrote a story about one time, was and it actually helped my the clown prince. It got, of me baseball. A, it got me a job in the newspaper business. Clown prince of baseball. Yeah, who, I wrote that tears of a clown type story because he broke down crying in front of me. Really? Yeah, oh, true. Nice. What'd you do? I asked him. I said, "Hey, do you ever get lonely on the road?" And he started crying. Did was you hug a, him? No, no, <laughs> no. Max was not. Max was not a hugger. No. Well, he might he might have been. I wasn't going to hug him. Max didn't <laughs> smell all that great. <laughs> he was missing most of his teeth. Oh, but no. he uh, but yeah, he broke down crying. Tears of a clown type of story. Yeah. Speaking, did of you cl- call the clear tears of a clown? Uh, I, I bet you did. That was the headline, but I didn't write the headline. <laughs> Speaking of clowns, Sean Daly, pick your favorite baseball movie of the of the bunch. Well, I'm a very earnest man. I'm a romantic. I'm an uh, idealist, so my number one baseball movie of all time, a movie that never fails to move me, to entertain me, is uh, The Natural, starring Robert Redford. For 16 years, uh, 
I lived with the idea that I could be, could have been the best in the game. You're so good now. I could have been better. I could have broke every record in the book. And then? And then. And then when I walked down the street, people would have looked and they would have said, there goes Roy Hobbs. The best there ever was in this game. Why like, you guys look at me like that right now? Well, I like it, but I have I have major problems. Right, well, we're going to address we'll your get to problems, the problems in a bit. Tom well, Jones. Why do you like it first? It's so it's it's inspirational. It's I mean, as I'm sitting here at 38 years old, and you guys are about what? You got about 120 <laughs> years between the both of you. You know, it's um I mean, it's about comebacks. It's the ultimate comeback story. This guy, I mean, is like is is, is waylaid by life. He gets shot. He's got to come. It's the most amazing comeback story. It's like Lazarus. It's religious. Yeah, you know, and, and it's about good versus evil. And you and I, the, the the three of us, we go through that all the time. And we did. We've had bad women, and we've had good women. I thought it was very well directed. I thought I thought it was it was the Barry f- Levinson directed it before he went to the shit mu- too. The, the music was great. The uh, Randy Newman did Randy the music. Newman did the score. Yeah, he, I have he, it all on my iPod. Tremendous, and it was fi- it was beautiful. It was a beautiful film. Just no one little bizarre uh, side note, and we'll get back to the natural, yeah. that when Billy Joel comes out, uh, on his current tour, when Billy Joel comes out, he comes out to the sounds of Randy Newman's score for the natural. Well, there's Which another is- reason not to like this movie. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway yeah, the, and then the ending is fantastic, and you have uh, the little kid, you got, uh, you know, because Wonder Boy, you know. You know um, the funny thing, and talking about bat Bull, Bull Durham, they actually, they actually made fun of that scene. In their movie, which came out three years after The Natural, where Kevin Costner asked for a rag, and the little kid brings that, and he says, hey, Crash, get a hit. And he says, shut up. <laughs> that was actually directed towards well, it's The funny Natural. because I really? think yeah. that uh, you know, everyone knows the story that Wonder Boy is this magic bat made from a, a tree that was struck by lightning. Right. Roy Hobbs, uh, Robert Reference Carter, makes it, makes it himself, you know, and that's his, mass, his piece of lumber, you know, responsible for right. all those hits. And then it cracks at the end right. when he's going up against... Ultimately, his own self, right? Yeah. This yeah. like scrub kid. The final scene is going up against this kind of corn-fed kid from Iowa. So it's like he's going up against his past. Jesus, I'm about to start crying. Tears uh, of a clown over here, mother. <laughs> bloop. You watch your mouth, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I think it's a great movie, and another reason it works again is because Redford can throw a baseball and swing a bat. Redford looked Legit- good. He looked good. He looked I, like you good. know, Redford now has got to be what? I think he just turned seventy. If At not, least. he's like sixty-nine. I know yeah. he was always like ten years younger than uh, his buddy uh, Paul Newman, but um, uh, I think he must have been in this in his mid-forties. Yes. You know? That sounds about right. Although I will say about Redford, if you ever notice about Redford, he's played the same guy in every movie. Bob Woodward is the exact same guy as the Electric Horseman. Is the exact. I same, love the Electric Horseman. Is the exact same guy as Roy Hobbs. They're all the, the same. Downhill guy. Racer. That, yeah, the candidate. They're all the same. And it's all a great guy. It's uh, it's, it's every man. No, God it, damn it. It, it. And and I thought I thought there were some really great moments in this. In this My uh, uh, first of all, I love Glenn Close. So I'm not a big Glenn Close fan. Although I like her in this, and I liked her in Fatal Attraction. Um, but when she stands up, she represents, you know, his, his childhood sweetheart. And then he goes off, and he, you know, gets shot by the woman in black, played by Barbara Hershey. Barbara Hershey was right. hot, in who that. looked great. In and then, movie. of course, Kim Basinger comes in, and so this is all about Roy Hobbs and Temptation, you know. And but then at the end, where he's really, you know, he's getting caught up in this world of partying and bad girls, and he's really struggling. Roy Hobbs, right? People are booing him. They're, you know, uh, who plays the sports writer? Uh, the great uh, Duvall, uh, Robert, Robert Duvall, Duvall is ripping him. And then what happens? Glenn Close, the woman in white, she comes to a game and she stands up 
during this game. You know, he's got two strikes against him. Right. The sun hits her. You know, she lights an up like angel. an angel. She lights up yeah. like an angel, and I think he crushes it through the clock. Am I the only one getting chills right now? Well, hold me. And, and, and yet, hold me like you wouldn't hold the Clown Prince of Baseball. No, and, it, and I think it, it's all those things make it great, but it's so different than the novel. And the, By and the, Bernard Malmo. Right, right, and the novel was all about the loss of innocence. And in, in the, the way the, the movie or the novel ends is he hits a line drive that hits Iris in the head. Oh, my God. Injures her, and he takes the bribe, and he, walk, he takes the money. Throws the game, walks out. There's a newspaper story written by the Robert Duvall character saying his career is over because he's thought to have thrown a game. And a little kid says, "Say it ain't so, Roy. Say it ain't so." And he breaks down crying. And that's how the book ends. Wow, that he, sucks. And, <laughs> but it's such a power because it all is about the loss of innocence. And and this and this movie, that's the one thing you could say about it. It's an innocent movie. Yeah, right. But it, uh, I, I well, was it's a total so, fable. I was so I was so struck by the no- I like the novel so much. And I even love the ending of the novel. That that's why sometimes I don't get crazy about the movie. If the movie had just come out without the novel, I, I you like I, the movie, but I, you're I do not like the, I yeah. do like the movie. Yeah. My my favorite the, my favorite line is uh, is there's a scene at the end where you think uh, Roy Hobbs uh, is not going to be able to play this final game, right? And he finally does, and he, he walks into the clubhouse and he sees Wilford Brimley, who's the manager, who's I think the star of that movie. Pops, right? Yeah. Pops. You know, my mother told me I ought to be a farmer. My dad wanted me to be a baseball player. Well, you're better than anyone I ever had. And you're the best goddamn hitter I ever saw. Suit up. God damn. Yeah. Yeah, Who wouldn't want that moment, you know? Anyway. Anyway, again, I'm I'm very earnest. Spears is laughing because I am being sincere about this. I know. Well, you know what? When you said that last scene, I actually did have some chills. Yeah, it's just, and who wouldn't want, you know, who wouldn't be saying, hey, you're the best goddamn sports writer I've ever seen? I mean, who wouldn't want that no. said to you, you no, know? No, no, And I love Brimley, Richard Farmsworth played the. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was great, great too. But uh, yeah, all the actors are he great. He had my man. favorite line here eating some Italian food there, and he says, he says, pretty good eating, huh? He says, you can't spell it, but it sure tastes good. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I, I mean, great actors galore. You got the great uh, Darren McGavin and John, in that. Uh, uh, Joe Don Baker playing the Whammer, Joe, playing the Whammer, the Babe yeah. Ruth character. That's yeah. a fun. What's your favorite scene in the movie, Steve? God, you know, I, probably my favorite scenes where uh, the coach drags in this was it a psychiatrist or a hypnotist? Yeah, right. <laughs> Try to yeah. talk the team into thinking that they're not uh, not so bad. It goes something. Here's how it goes. I'm sending you down, Hobbs. Class B ball. Tomorrow morning, you go to the Great Lakes Association. Okay, you make the rules? That's right. That's right. And you ain't been playing by them. All these other guys play by them. Don't you remember signing a contract? Yeah, I remember signing a contract to play ball. Not to be put to sleep by some two-bit carny hypnotist. I won't do that. You're going down. It took me me? a long time to get here, Pop. I won't do it. I can't. I came here to play ball. Great scene. I love it. Fun. Yeah, that is good. Stuff. It's good. Little, it's just it's, a little moment. I mean, it's not. It's not a crying moment. It's not a uh, a signature moment. But it's just a nice little, you know. Right. It's great. It's. I mean, the movie's got tons of great scenes, and uh, you know, I encourage everybody 
to go out. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and, and the, the ending is nice. And be honest playing, with me, Tom Jones. With if you catch this thing with like a half hour to oh, go, yeah. you got to you got to sit and watch, right? You got to watch the ending. Exactly. Even I'll, if a half hour in, I'll sit. I'll and say watch this it. though: I could miss the first half hour every time because there's something creepy about watching Redford at 45 years old <laughs> playing an 18-year-old version of himself. I agree. So I'm, the first 30 minutes of this movie can just go away. As far you as know, I'll, I'll give you that. There's an awkward scene where it's Glenn Close and, uh, and Redford in the barn, yeah. you know, and they really do look like two middle-aged people, you know, right. you know instead of not, not these two 18-year-old kids. But, again, I can overlook that, Steve. No, I can't. But Randy Newman's score, just I'm a huge Randy Newman fan. It's yeah, just I, fantastic. And, of course, he borrows that from Aaron Copeland, all this right. great you know, Western stuff. Fan it's, fair stuff. Yeah. It's good. But let's get to Steve's favorite now. I had a tough time because... Uh, you love the slugger's wife? I hate the slugger's wife. <laughs> Squeeze play. <laughs> Squeeze play. You know, there's Stealing Home is another one. Stealing <laughs> Home! Oh Jody, my. Jody Foster, right? Yeah. Jody Foster, yeah. And uh, Harold Ramis is in that. Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon, Stealing Home. That's, That's a, a great one. Yeah. I'll watch that. I saw that with Natalie Diffenbaugh. Drink, drink, drink. Two eyes are not bright. And stars are shining on me. We both had the soundtrack. And we, my, my, my How about is a night game? Did you ever see Night Game? With Roy, yeah. I think it was Roy Scheider. He plays a cop, and it's a serial killer who kills, who strikes every time a certain pitch, st- certain starting pitcher starts. Okay, you have an unbelievable yeah. knowledge of this stuff. That yeah, was yeah. good stuff. I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Field of Dreams, which I which I not only say is the, uh, the greatest baseball movie, but probably the greatest sports movie, and probably one of my top five '80s movies of all. Yeah, wow, all together. And I remember I didn't see it until the '90s. Um, it came on cable. And I totally missed it. Someone had, everyone had described it. You know, it's a movie about a guy who sees ghosts in his cornfield, and then the Shoeless Joe Jackson comes. And every time someone described it to me, I was like, "This is the dumbest idea for a movie I've ever heard." <laughs> I, have, I have no desire to see this movie. And then I think one day, one day, I was sick at home, and it came on, and I watched it, and I was transfixed from the from the very first second. It all is way, it is amazing, isn't it, that you have this outrageous premise, and at no point do you question it. Yeah. yeah, there's something, and that's what kind of makes it. That's it has that that magical power to itself that you, from the minute it starts, you know it's bullshit. And Tom, you uh, <laughs> you and also W. P. Kinsella re- wrote the book, and the book with Shoeless Joe was the book was tremendous. It's very different. Uh, there yeah. are some very different elements. There's some, whole entire characters cut out of the movie just because you couldn't. He had right. a twin brother. Ray Kinsella has a twin brother in in the book, and there's just no way you could have pulled that off. Uh, unless you got like the it was a book. brothers to play the yeah, we, <laughs> I mean we're I mean we're both we're pretty much of the same age and Steve's a lot older, but I think uh, you're closer to Steve's. No, age I'm you. just kidding. I always make fun of him. But uh, when I was in college, uh, that I mean there was a tattered copy of Shoeless Joe that was just passed around. I mean that was almost like the Bible when I was in college. Right. You know, W. P. Can sell great great writer. He's written a bunch of baseball books. Oh. Yeah, the um, Cost- I think it's Costner's best movie. He, he he plays because you don't get the feeling he even believes it. This whole thing is so weird. And why go through with it? It's a long story, but it's a really good story, and I'll tell you on the way. Even they can't believe what's happening to them, but at the same time, it's this really moving spirit. And I, I think the reason that, that it you almost believe it, I think, is is because of Amy Madigan who plays. His Annie. wife is, is plays, it Annie in yeah, that too? Yeah, yeah. Plays his wife in the movie. Is supports him so much, yeah. and and she she's almost like the audience. You want to believe yeah. him. She, you know, you love this character. You want to believe him, and so you do. Nor- normally, I hate having women inserted 
into baseball movies because I, I think they're they're always thrown in there because well, we always got to have the female angle. You believe the women should be in the kitchen, quiet. <laughs> no. I just think that sometimes you can have movies without women. You don't have to throw them in there just so that that guys can uh, have some excuse to bring the wife along to see the movie. Right. But in this case, I agree with Tom. She's she's so important to the movie. She's like she's like you know the other half of the wall that that keeps it suspended and. Uh, as far as you know, uh, hot babes of the '80s, Amy Madigan doesn't cut it. But for some reason, in this movie, <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> but there's something about her that, that even everyone falls yeah. in love with her by the sure. end. I, honestly, when I was 17, 18 years old, again because this book made the round and and we all seen the movie. Even guys back then, even though we were a bunch of horn dogs as young teenage guys, everybody wanted Annie, Amy Madigan, as your wife. Like someday, I'd love to marry her. Yeah, like, even right. that young because that she perception. supports you. She gets. She tries to get into the fight with the. Uh, she calls the woman Nazis. And, right, and, right. And, you know. Yeah, from the PTA. Yeah, and then of course you know, and when it all boils down to the, the whole relationship between fathers and sons, and anybody who's lost a dad can't make it through this movie without uh, sobbing like a, there's a, the cry factor in this movie is very yeah. high. I, I mean, think anyone. I, I, yeah, I mean. I mean, that's a great point, but I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't break down. In this. Oh, I know, I know. Well, I, but women, I've never seen a woman cry to this movie. And I think you're on to something. I think it's a, it's the relationship between the sons and father. My dad died about three or four years after this movie came out. So, if, so the first few years I watched this movie, you know, and I, I'm like Steve, I didn't see it the moment it came out because I, I was such a fan of the book that I almost resisted going to see the movie. But yeah, it's you know you. Every time I watch that scene, every time to this day, my dad's died in nineteen ninety uh, or ninety one. I still, I still, yeah, you still think of that. Yeah, I, I saw it in the theater. I actually saw really? it in the theater. Yeah, I, I, I was absolutely a puddle. Yeah, <laughs> I was absolutely a puddle. I, I tried to get my dad to watch this with me one time after he, he had been diagnosed with uh, muscular dystrophy, and we knew he only had five years to live. And I tried to get him to watch with me because I wanted to show him that I thought it was an important movie, and that you know. Love between the father and son, and I got like halfway through it, and I know what direction it's going, and he doesn't at this point understand where it's going to go. I, I had to turn it off because yeah. there was no way I could sit through the ending of that movie. With <laughs> yeah, him. There, no, was, no, there was no way. Did I mean, he? I did he understand why you turned it off? I, I explained it, and he and he understood, but I don't. I, don't, I think he would. I mean, I, I just didn't want him to see me go through what I was going to have to go through if I saw the end of that movie with him. And to this day, I mean, I was playing it at my my desk the other day because I was pulling clips. For the podcast, and I'm sitting there going, you know, you know, counting the seconds. Here we go: ten, nine, eight. Then suddenly, boom! Waterworks. I mean, just can't get through the ending of it. Oh my god! What? What is it? It's my father. Ease his pain. Go the distance. It was you. No, Ray. It was you. And here I came over there and I smacked you in the head and I, I did know. the girly dance. <laughs> I, know. I had no idea why you were crying. I feel terrible now. <laughs> I bet you do. But um, there's a lot of uh, people who don't like this movie. People who say it's not a baseball movie. It's not about baseball at all. It's all about fantasy. It's all about fathers and sons. But uh, I, I think it's I think it's about baseball because and. Th- the only problem I have with this movie, and it's a kind of a silly problem to have, is that Ray Liotta plays Shoeless Joe Jackson. And this is something that bugs baseball people. In real life, Joe Jackson threw right-handed and batted left-handed. And in the movie, Ray Liotta 
throws left-handed uh, and bats right-handed. right-handed yeah. It's a and you know what? In Eight Men Out, which is another great '80s movie, which I hope we talk about just for a minute, um, DB Sweeney, who played Joe Jackson, learned how to bat left-handed so he could be more accurate right. for the film. Well, the other thing is, if you watch Eight Men Out versus uh, Field of Dreams, you see two different uh, views of Shoeless Joe. You, he's this intelligent, thoughtful, kind person in uh, Field of Dreams. And then in uh, Eight Men Out, he's this doofus right. who doesn't know how to sign his own name. Yeah, which is probably a little more Much more to closer the truth. to the truth. But once again, it's the whole idea of suspending reality when you watch a movie like Field of Dreams. Yeah, Field of Dreams. And, 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 some, and I thought, Sean, you said it's some great humor. And I, I love the scene where Moonlight Graham shows up to the cornfield for the first time and he winks at the pitcher. And he's, he's winking, hey, kid. Don't wink. Any advice you got, don't get, it, don't get yourself in there. <laughs> yeah. And we, can't, and we can't leave the discussion of Field of Dreams without allowing uh, James Earl Jones to give his, uh, his great baseball speech one last time. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has ruled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good. And it could be again. I think that speech right there just—it's it, it, so true, and I think it's why we'll keep having baseball movies. But it's—it's right. it's never a tired subject. Would, would you say that a baseball is inherently suited for the big screen better than oh, yeah. other sports? Yeah, I think so. And one because I think it's so much easier to recreate the action, which is so important to a sports fan. Is movies have to look like. Like like real actions going on. It's much easier to do that with baseball than any other sport. Hockey, Troy. That's why Slapshot works. It's even why the Mighty Ducks movies work, is because those kids can play. They yeah. look like you're playing real games. <laughs> football, it's almost impossible to recreate real football. And also with baseball and, and with the play, you can you see their faces. Right, right. You can with football or, and the or, and just the color of it. I mean, yeah. you know, green grass and uniforms and people in the stands and all these movies, all the movies we talked about, and, and especially Eight Men Out, I think are beautifully shot. Right, you know? that's true. They all are gorgeous movies. Yeah. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Sean's favorite uh, segment. You really got to change the name. I of love that. that name. And now I, I love the how your fans are like M M M. They it's love like, it too. <laughs> they love it too. Hey, it's the segment where I play a clip from a movie from the eighties, and if you can name it, you win your choice this week. We actually have. Tiny bags of Funyuns. Yes, thanks yes. to Brad. Um, our good friend Brad sent us, uh, sent me a giant box of uh, delicious Funyuns. Tom Jones, are you a fan of the Funyuns? I love Funyuns. You know, we had only, but and I, I never know when to stop eating them until. The answer I, is never. Well, and the problem is I vomit. That's when I stop eating. <laughs> I love oh, the bread, the Funyun bread that you carry around for the next three days. That's oh, so good. It's, it's flammable. But we had a show here where Steve and our co-host, the lovely and talented Jill Holcomb. Uh, tried Funyuns for the very first time. Can you believe it? Two weeks ago, his first time trying wow, a Funyun. Really? Yeah. Look at the size of them. You think that's a body built by Funyuns? And yeah. did you like it? No, you didn't. It's okay. Jill, actually, who's in an incredible physical condition, was like having gone through convulsions, and we thought we had to like call a medic. <laughs> oh, jeez. Like one Funyun. But anyway. So anyway, you can either have the Funyuns or you can have a ten dollar gift certificate to eightiestees.com. Oh, they're gonna take the ten dollar gift. No one's gonna want me. Some people really a signed like Funyuns. bag of Funyuns. I take the Funyuns. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can hook you up after the show. Okay. Anyway, here was last week's clip. She hates my butt. And it's such a cute butt. Any guesses, guys? Come on, Sean. That's from Parenthood. Yeah. I, I know it front and back. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. one of my favorite movies. Have you seen Parenthood? Like, yeah, and I don't like it. You uh, don't like Parenthood? It's got baseball in it. I know. It's just one of those movies that when it's on, I just keep going. Just next. What's up? Why? Cowboy Gill? I don't know. Just... You're lower intestine. Jesus, Tom Jones. <laughs> Genius. No, sorry. All right. Anyway, uh, we had a lot of winners. A lot of people got this one right. I'm only going to name the ones that, who we haven't named in a while. So we have Shelly Muma. Um, I know I'm pronouncing that right because I spelled it phonetically. Just for you, Sean. Uh, Jim Garman, a.k.a. Zombie Man. Stacey Ryan and Emily Brandenburg. So uh, one of you will get the chance to uh, win the coveted gift certificate, and the rest of you might get Funyuns. Anyway, pay attention. Here's this week's clip. Well, sometimes I get the menstrual cramps real hard. Sean Daly, I give it to you. What was that is it? obviously a clip from the finale of Romancing the Bone. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, yeah, sure. Okay, so. Anyway, if you think you know the name of the clip, email us at stuck in the eighties at tempabay.com because Sean Daly is ready to call you a wiener. Ah, by the sound of the tone, it must be time for reader mailbag. Hey, Sean's picked out a couple of great emails for this great week. Great ones this week. Go ahead, Sean. All right, our first one is from Sean Mulcahy, a good Irishman. And Sean says, hi, Steve and Sean. I'd just like to say really big thanks to you guys for your never less than entertaining podcast. I commute into London, England, not Canada, every morning. A train journey of one and a half hours, during which time I sit and gaze listening to you two. I'm 42 next month, so it's just the right, for, right time for me. Ah, the memories. The music brings back. Sniff. Oh, to be young again. Occasionally, even laughing out loud. But here's the problem. There aren't enough good podcasts around, let alone one set entirely in the 80s. So could you guys see your way to making it a daily podcast? Better still, twice a day would be ideal. It would suit me just fine. We don't have Funyuns over here, so a really good description is needed. Just the simple stuff. Size and weight per Funyun, overall color, texture dry and moist smell. <laughs> taste, complete rundown on ingredients, oh, and of course, the packaging. You see, I really need to get a good overall picture in my mind. Did Funyuns exist in the 80s? Kind regards, Sean Mulcahy. Did, did Funyuns exist? I'm sure they did. They were at the Last Supper. Are you kidding me? They've been around <laughs> forever. Judas. <laughs> Judas had a Funyun uh, around How would you finger. describe them? They're, they're, they're what, beige? They're beige and they're no, they're a delicious yellow color and they're circular in nature. They, look they like are onion rings. circular. They look like onion rings, but they're... they look like onion rings yet a little more fluorescent. Yeah, no yeah. doubt that for yeah. a minute. <laughs> and salty, so deliciously salty. It tastes like styrofoam that's been flavored with onion flavored powder, basically. It's, it's how God, it boy, you don't really sell them that no, well. Frito like Lay would not be will not be hiring you. In fact, when I first opened the box of Funyuns that Brad sent, I thought it was from Frito Lay. Like they're finally yeah. like you know like <laughs> I'm really getting out there. Like I'm famous, like Tom Jones. But then it was uh, it was from Brad. But still very exciting. We'll we'll sign those and send them out soon. Tom is uh, agreed to read the second letter. I have it. I'm going to save the name until the end because I think usually, you know, we, we say the name first or who wrote this, but I think we're going to. Yeah, I can it. see why you'd want to save the name. I see that it's kind of a fun kicker, isn't it? So, and it's addressed to Steve, actually. Hey, Steve, Sean Daly looks kind of hot in the picture on the podcast page. I'd like guys with some meat on them. 
Does he drive a Camaro? <laughs> and forget the Funyuns. Give me some bacon nips. Most of me is, in, is stuck in the 80s, but I got a leg or something still stuck in the 70s. Signed, Smelly Kelly, Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> Smelly Kelly. All right. I bet she's really hot. You want to know the real kicker? <laughs> she's not? She's not a she. No, it's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do got some meat on my bones. You drive a Camaro? You do drive a Camaro. No, I drive a Mazd. It's just M-A-Z-D. The, oh, yeah, the H fell off. Yeah. Well, thank you, Smelly Kelly. Thank you so much. I once ate like a whole bottle of bacon nips, and I can't eat them to this day because I just vomited everywhere. That's thus the title, Smelly Kelly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wow. All right. Thank you. Keep the letters coming, except from Smelly Kelly. <laughs> I think you're done. Uh, by the sound of the tone, it must be time for Name That 80s Tune. Hey, it's our signature event here. Uh, we'll play a song from the 80s. And if you can name it, once again, those Funyuns and or the gift certificate are yours. Uh, here was last week's mystery tune. Sean? I do huh? not know. <coughs> nope. Uh, Edge of a Broken Heart by Vixen. And you were about the only people in the world who didn't know because I probably got about 50 emails from people with the correct answer. Please tell me Cubmaster Chris won. Cubmaster Chris is indeed a winner. Hey, here is a list of some of the winners. Uh, obviously, there was too many to name today, but I'm just picking out a couple that we haven't said lately. Tom Johnson, Greg Westcott, uh, Cubmaster Chris. Yeah, woo! Olivia Morgado, Christopher Morgan, and Andy DeSisto. DeSisto? Anyway. Vixen, I think, huh? I usually let Sean Vixen, do the, I love the, the metal. butchering. Did you really? Were you ever a metal guy? No, you know what? I was more of the. Uh, oh, I've seen your CD collection. Yeah, yeah, I was more of a guy. I was more of a, like a, a British, you know, the Cure, the Smiths. Yeah, that kind of carried over. Used, yeah, I, I, see I you thought as a that wham. would get me laid more. Did it? No, <laughs> but I st- but I stayed with the music. I love I love I lo- the Cure and Depeche Mode and Smiths. My all time three favorite. You should come Smiths. to my desk. I got about fifty Depeche uh, Mode reissues over there. I'll oh, give really? them all to you. Yeah. Yeah. That I'll pay you for that we'll then pass on to the record. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. Anyway, pay attention. Here is this week's mystery tune. Anybody? Anybody? Total mystery, isn't it? Hey, if you know the name of the band and the song, email us at stuckin80s at tempe.com because I can't wait to call you. Sausages. Sausages. Please. Sausages. 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 Sausage. Okay. Sausage. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. Ah, thanks for another needless uh, commercial interruption there. I love those. Oh, I love them. <laughs> love them. Anyway, I've prepared a special trivia quiz for this week's show to see uh, which one of our uh, guests here can, uh, is a better master of the baseball movies. How emasculating will it be, you, the sports writer, if I, I beat you? Oh no, no, I have to win this. You have to win it. The, uh, of course, you can play along at home while we play with ourselves here. And uh, there's ten questions. You'll each get one. So first off, Sean Daly. Yes. In Major League. Oh, Major League, a good one. One of my favorite movies. And I almost picked it over uh, Field of Dreams to defend today. Because I love Rick Vaughn, Wild Thing. Yeah, that's a great movie. I don't turn that off either. Do you like no, that? That's a good movie. Good yeah. movie, yeah. Yeah, um, 
in Major League, what city wants to lure the Indians away from Cleveland? Jeez. Oh, wow. Glad you got that one. God. Uh, what city? Seattle. Miami. Oh, man. I thought you... it was a Florida, but I, I wouldn't have guessed yeah. Miami. Wow. Yeah. That was all right. Oh, for one. Good one. Good one, Spearsy. Okay, Tom, here's your Major League question. All ready? Are you ready? In Major League, what does Pedro Serrano give Joe Boo before each game? Mm. Uh, I think I know it. I think I know that. I'm not sure. I... I'll give you a hint. It's yeah. two things. It's not just one. Is it like blood or something? Blood? No. no? Okay, I'm totally off base. Sean, here. you know it? Is it a cigar? Cigar is one of them. What's yeah. The, what's the other thing? No, you get credit for this. Um, whiskey? Rum. I asked Joe Boo to come. Take fear from bats. I offer him cigar and rum. He will come. Oh, wow, uh, you were good. Uh, I was totally off. So on right that now, it's Sean zero. I give, yeah, I give Sean. Oh, yeah, Tom yeah, zero. You, you don't get credit for that. I don't get credit. Zero is, oh, man. All yeah. right. Sean, next question is for you. This is for, from uh, Field of Dreams. Okay. Uh, Ray Kinsella's father, John Kinsella, mm-hmm. uh, shows up at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's the catcher. What team does he play for? White Sox. You know, Tom? No, I wasn't the White Sox. I'm, I'm going to say Cleveland, but that's just a total guess. No, it was the Yankees. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what I didn't like? The, the dad couldn't throw in that movie. Oh. You know? That's Talk the only part that ends at, no. But it's a touching. I'm crying so much I can't tell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go, Tom. Here's your uh, Field of Dreams question. In Field of Dreams, what field did Terrence Mann always dream of seeing a game at? Ebbetsfield. There we go. Ah. ah, that's one nothing. I wouldn't have gotten that. I'm feeling either. better now. Could it be? Could he throw a perfect game? <laughs> no, he's already lost one. Damn it! <laughs> no, no. But I mean, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you gonna like a perfect game the other way? You. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, Sean Daly, here's your Bull Durham question. Ah, oh, Christ! All right, this is gonna be multiple choice. Nice. So that'll help a little bit. In Bull Durham, what does Crash rave about? When he's talking about the women hanging around major leaguers, it's because they have... I know all these. So anyway, go ahead. It's because they have A, more money than sense, B, sex on the brain, C, long legs and brains, or D, unlimited amounts of Funyuns. Uh, more money than brains. No. Long legs and Damn. brains. Oh, it. it's 2 nothing. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. Wait, that doesn't, you can't trump. We haven't set the rules here. Okay. Damn it. That's still one nothing. But... Hey, why doesn't uh, why doesn't Crash Davis like strikeouts? Because they're fascist, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, number uh, here we go, Tom. In Bull Durham, what is the team's motto as spoken by the PA announcer? Uh, the greatest show on dirt. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, you are crushing me. That's a tough one. I gotta admit, because I was like motto. I don't get it. Then when they, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sean. Time to redeem yourself. He had to do well. (laughs) Everyone's rooting for the sports guy. Yeah. Here we go. This is this one. Here's an easy one for you, Sean. From the Natural. Oh, your favorite movie. I f this up. Um, Big old pops. All right. What's the first thing Roy Hobbs breaks or busts with his powerful hitting? The first thing with his powerful hitting. The first thing he breaks. Um, is it the clock? No, Tom. Do you know? I don't know if this is, does he the baseball the baseball yeah 
Ah, oh, God. Hits he it, hits the cover off. Hits right? the cover off it. And it's raining and yeah. it all comes unspooled. Yeah, yeah. Yep, there you go. Crap. That's oh, a great boy. I, well. I sense a shutout. <laughs> this is going to be epic. Okay, here we go, Tom. Here's your natural question. What is the name of the bat that Roy helps make for the Bat Boy? Oh, I know that. For not not for not his bat. For I know, I know, I know. I I know that his bat his bat was Wonder Boy. But the I got it. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you, no, I, no I give up. I you're give feeling up. bad for me. I see the no, Savoy no. special. Yeah, Savoy yeah. special. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, but I don't get points because it's somebody yeah. else's. Right, right. Savoy special. I'm yeah. up two. You have to get the last two, and I have to miss Shit. on the last two. There's only, yeah. no, only one more left. Oh, one more. So I already won. So you've already clinched it. Clinch. Um, okay, Sean. In Eight Men Out, what does pitcher Eddie Seacott need to do to prove that the fix is on? Hey, what does he have to do to prove that the fix is on? Yeah. Uh, I bet Tom knows it. Tom knows Drill it. a hitter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Hit the first batter. That's Hit the right. first batter. Wow. I did not see that. Tom ran it down the but I did but not you, see I, that. I, I will vouch that he did not look over wow, it. Wow, that's amazing. So wow. you, you avoid the shutout. Unbelievable. And uh, the final question for you, Tom. In Eight Men Out, what is the name of the baseball commissioner who boots the eight players from the league? Uh, Kenesaw Mountain Landis. Yeah. You got it. That's good. I would have gotten that. I know. That was a little easier one. Anyway, 3-1, final score. That's, that's how it should be. That's yeah, how it should be. Exactly. But I think we're all winners today. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good content show. You know, by the way, just real quick, Kevin Costner was in town a few right, right, for right. the, for the uh, Rays thing. And he was taking BP, right? Pa- taking BP. Can still swing a bat from both sides of the plate. Best best swing of any of the actors. Did he do that, too? Did he go yeah. from, God, that guy. He, but I asked him. I, I said, what is your favorite? I said, you've got a lot of people who are Bulldorm fans. A lot of people are Phil Dreams fan. What is your favorite baseball I know movie? he's going to say. He said, for love of the game. I, I love for love of the game. I, have uh, I hate it because I don't like Kelly Preston. Oh, I love, What's wrong with you? I, she's the love interest. I don't like Kelly Preston at all. She's well, like that. Smelly Kelly? <laughs> I love Kelly Preston. Nah, she runs She's great. It for me. The only no. thing that's bad about that movie is that they show um, the Tigers' uh, wi- uh, spring training as being, it says Lakeland, Florida, and they're obviously showing South Beach, <laughs> Miami. <laughs> yeah, right. And Lakeland and South Beach are like uh, me and Sean Daly. Nothing alike, <laughs> oh, that's but not still true. equally repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's all we got for you this week. That's all we need to say. Tom Jones was awesome. Was. I, come, I want to come back. Did you have fun? I had a blast. You got to come to one of our shows where we don't have any content at all. Whatsoever. It's just. Uh... Oh, we had content here? Yeah. We, are you kidding me? <laughs> this was like an encyclopedia yeah, compared our to our heads normal are about show. to explode from the amount of content. They're like, where are all the fart jokes? Go be a superstar. I don't like that word, by yeah, the way. Why'd you, have to, why'd you have to sully the show with that word? <laughs> Go be a superstar, Tom Jones. I am in about two minutes. All right. right. In the meantime, we'll all still be here, sitting on the bench, still stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by TampaBay.com, the official website of the St. Petersburg Times. Special thanks to Germany's Czech Battery Daily for providing this song for the opening credits. Read the Stuck in the 80s blog at blogs.tempe.com and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. All right, so when now do I get to call somebody a wiener? <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yeah.